Another again back for the first time in 2023. Welcome to another episode of the Small Chops Podcast, where we are here to discuss and have beautiful conversations with beautiful people. And this is going to be the start. Maybe, maybe it's going to be a specific iteration. Maybe so as well. But I'm here to really just present a conversation that I had with a friend that I've been really enjoying getting to know, both in the dance arena as well as personally. You know, people have depth. And uh, before we get into that, I just wanted to say hello. I hope you're well. I'm glad you tuned in again. Um, whether this is your first time finding your way to this podcast, we have a treasure trove of history that I hope you can enjoy and go through on this website. This is uh, your return. I am very, very apologetic about the hiatus. Uh, a lot of travel in between. A lot of history, museums, pyramids. It's been all around a little bit. And it's been really, really enjoyable. But I had to return to my love. And that is sharing with you, first and foremost. And uh, rededicating myself to being able to put these out a little bit more often. I really enjoyed this particular podcast episode because I was able to have a guest and we were able to throw ideas back and forth. We did things. We talked about, wow, love, spirituality. We compared uh, the Black Panther movies. Uh, I don't know if we got into the Avatar movie, but we just really enjoyed um, talking about things that we don't get to talk to about and in other arenas. And I think that's what made this conversation so special. And I wanted to say a big thank you to Becky Deve, who was my guest this episode. She is a fantastic bachata dancer as well as a teacher. And she is kicking it here with me. Not with me, but she's kicking here in the city, in the same city. And I had to take advantage of uh, of the time together. Uh, so first and foremost, I want to say. Hi, Becky. Thank you for coming. I was having an interesting conversation with Arielle, my best friend, about that. Because she was debating how everything we essentially do is completely selfish everything that we do is selfish and i was like no there's some kindness in our heart she's like no everything you do is because of you is for you and i'm like this is so weird so then i started to understand that as a personality as well because it's like oh now i have this selfish becky that's probably just overruling every decision i make and i didn't even realize she was there so is selfishness itself negative i think selfishness gets a bad rap no, no. I think if I you're doing it for yourself, like I yeah. think of love like that. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I do want to be in a relationship because I want to be the best human possible. Yeah. I want to have kids if I end up having children. I want to have children, not necessarily for children, but I want to be able to unlock that level of humanity or that level of like personhood. Yeah. And that challenge of being able to be, um, I don't necessarily want it. Like I, I was just talking about this last night. I could very easily live my life without having kids. Mm -hmm. But if you know life chooses to give me kids, I'm going to be like, okay, I can do this because I think it's going to be an exciting unlocking of that stage. You know what I mean? Like a video game, where it's like you can't access that level of personal responsibility, love, stress, you know, whatever it is, forgiveness. You can't unlock that without having children. And that is a possibility. I'm like, yo, I want to live this experience as much as I can. And if it requires that aspect of humanity, I'll, I'll do that. Can I challenge this thought Please. process? Okay. So when, oh, do you want to start? What if I told you we already started? Oh, snap. Hello. <laughs> I'm Becky Deeve. Don't you, you can't introduce yourself on my own podcast. I'm supposed oh, to do the same thing. For, I'm, I'm sorry, supposed to do that. Sorry. Come okay, on now. Do it. 
So let's just let's just keep talking. I want I, I want to hear the pushback first. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, oh challenging. Yes, <laughs> memory. I'm old. Um, so the challenging thing about that is, as a person who grew up in a Hispanic household, and I feel like many of us have, um, in the culture where you had to take care of your younger sibling, right? So, like, as much as I love the idea of having children, I've loved kids since I was younger. I've literally, I, kids were, I could see a baby and just play with that person all day. And I was the babysitter because I, I enjoyed it, you know? But then, obviously, the fun, aside from the fun, there's, aside from the play, there was, like, the taking care aspect of it. And the responsibility, yeah, of taking care of my little brother. And when you have to take on the role of a caretaker in general, whether it be in family or even friends, you know, because you kind of choose that role for yourself. You're like, okay, am I going to be this person or am I going to be in the my person friend group? Care of? I, that's a good point. Yeah, you do choose that. Yeah, so for me, it's like I agree with that. I think that there's that's obviously depending on the person. Like, there's a different level, I guess, that you can get to by being in that state, by being in that uh, situation. But I also think you can totally get that from just out the how you grew up. You know, especially for someone like me, I don't want children. Like you said, I could very easily go my entire life without having children. But I think I've also come to accept that I do think that at one point in my life, maybe when I'm 40, I would love to adopt a kid mm. by myself. This would be an individualistic choice. Now, can I offer some pushback to that? Yes. As a person that grew up in a household with only one parent, mm there is an aspect of that relationship that feels a little unfair. Even if you have family outside of the household, I think it's very, very important for the child. And I'm not saying that this is going to be you at all, but there are instances where you may be either disciplining the child or or deciding for the child mm -hmm. and that child because they're growing up in I, I imagine they're going to be growing up in a in an updated version mm -hmm. of the household that you grew up in mm -hmm. and so because of that that per that child isn't going to feel like they have equal say when it comes to decisions even mm -hmm. in their life in your life whatever mm -hmm. but for them to be able to have somebody to somebody to speak on their behalf somebody to vouch for them okay. so let's say you were telling them that, yo, you're going to, you're going to do this. You know I mean? You're going to karate class or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is what you're going to do. You need the discipline, blah, blah, blah. It's not there. For them to have another parental figure in the household mm -hmm. on a day to day mm -hmm. to be able to give you pushback on their behalf is so empowering for that child because it takes it from a, a dictatorship mm -hmm. and it moves it into I don't know, democracy or whatever you want to call it, because mm -hmm. at least they'll be able to have a representative speak for them. Even if they couldn't approach you mm -hmm. with their wants or their desires, mm -hmm. they know that they have another parent in the household that can speak on their behalf towards you. Okay. And I think that is something that is really, really, really important when it comes to single parent households. Mm -hmm. I am a firm proponent of like just, I mean, there's all kinds of studies that talk about children in, in, in two-parent households and how how much or how further ahead they are which, in, than, than children coming from single-parent households. But I really just think that one particular facet of the single-parent household is so, so, so important because you stop being just uh, like a, a, a surf in the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it can feel like that. Mm -hmm. And 
you can you can say, hey, you know what? Even if I don't say it, yo, I'm going to talk to such and such so that they can talk to you for it. Mm-hmm. I think that is that's going to be huge because that lets them know that they still have say so in their life. Definitely, and I think that's something that's that should be 100 percent be paid attention to, but also um, uh, utilized in the decisions you make, for example. So I should clarify, when I say it's an individualistic choice, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have a partner. Ah, okay, okay. It means that it's going to be my choice to have this child, and you never know what that person, your partner or partners, because I'm Polly, are going to be in that person's life. I need to be the rock that stays for this person, and I would love for my partner, if they decide to do it with me, to also be that rock as well. But it has nothing to do with keeping them on board because I don't want to be the type of person that gets so distraught by their partner leaving the family that I'm not going to be there for my child. Does that make sense? So I would rather it be a choice that I know that I want to adopt this child if I have a partner that's amazing. But I'm also very quite conscious of what you just said, that two-parent households are more successful for these children. So in you know, in that respect, I would definitely, I definitely already understand. I know how I'm going to parent, and it's very much along the lines of I know I don't know if you've heard of it, but gentle parenting. Have you seen that all over? So I, my TikTok feed is full of that. It's gentle parenting, and and it's basically how. Not even kidding. This is how I basically structured my relationship with my little brother, the one that I ended up taking care of, that I'm still to this day taking care of. And I think that's why it's been such a thing for me not to have children right now, because I already have someone to take care of. Not only me, but my little brother. And my little brother, he's already 18, 19, 18, 19. And he, um, he's already basically, you know, a grown adult, makes his own choices, but I'm still here. Like, nothing has changed uh in regards to how much he needs me, because I know he does. But I've gentle parented him, if that makes any sense. So he hasn't really had a mom or a dad in this scenario. He's had my mom and my dad, but they didn't necessarily play the roles they were supposed mm-hmm. to. So I had to kind of step in and be the sister, be the friend, be the mom, and be the dad. It, I've had to take on like seven personalities with him. And I've had to, to, to have to conjoin that in your mind and find a compromise for how to speak to them, when to speak to them that way, when uh, what what situations are, are proper for you to be the friend, the mom, the dad, when you have to be a disciplinary uh, person, or when you can just let them be, you know? And that has been the biggest struggle for me, but it's it's been the most effective. Mm. He is probably one of the coolest people I know, and successful in his own way, despite what he had to come up with, you know, and the lack of support. Guidance. Yeah, the lack of guidance that he's doing so well for himself, and I'm so proud of him. But because of the way that I did it with him, I can I know that I would be able to do that, again, like as an individual parent for a child that I choose to adopt, mm. right? So I would want that to be the way that I um, help upbring a child now with my partner or partners depending on who's in my life it just have to be very honest a lot of what i do in my life is it has to do with honesty i don't think humans are a thousand percent honest i don't know if you consider yourself a thousand percent honest but i do think that there are some that try their hardest to get to that point of a hundred percent and i'm definitely one of those people as much as it hurts as much as it sucks as much as i don't want to admit it to myself or other people 
I will always try to be as honest as possible. And I asked you earlier, like, what does love mean to you, right? Love, for me, means kindness and honesty. Because at the end of the day, all of this is subjective. Oh, for sure. Love is subjective. For sure. And kindness is subjective. Sometimes I think I'm doing something very kind for a person, and then they tell me that they were hurt by it. And you're like, dude, what? I opened the door for you. And then they're like, well, I'm actually going through something that I don't want my door to be open. You know? And you're just like, what is happening? This is crazy. You just, oh my gosh, PTSD from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, don't, please, please, you're triggering me right now. Oh. So, you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. all up to interpretation for a lot of people. And for me, love is kindness and honesty. Mm. And I love my little brother, and I, I, I go. Th- that w- that's been my biggest help in upbringing, and his, and in guiding him. Sounds it's, like an anchor for you as well. Oh, for sure. Sounds like something that you know, as you can, you can fly off, and you can go do so many things in your life. But you're like, yo, you know what? I do have responsibility in my life. Oh my gosh! How so did you I get that from that little thing oh, I just on, told I'm, you? That's crazy. Perceptive. I'm in there. I'm in there. Oh my god! Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out already, uh, welcome to another episode of the Small Chops Podcast. <laughs> where we try to bring you just a little tidbit of what's going on in the life of me, your host. And I still haven't come up with a name yet, but, um, oh, you know, my newest, the, the newest iteration, the newest name that I really enjoyed, I think I was talking about this during the, the Posada that I was in, was uh, Oso Enchiloso. <laughs> Stop. Yo, I don't know where that came. Yeah, I think we were eating, we were eating like a, I forget what we were eating. That could be your Mexican name. But that, that might be my Mexican tag, yo. Like, it might be, man, yeah, like. Oso Enchiloso. Oso Enchiloso, yo. I really dig that. That show. is so sick. <laughs> I walk like an oso. That's what my, that's what my friend told me. <laughs> walk like an oso is hilarious. What a beautiful compliment. Um, we are here again um, to talk about things that are affecting not only our lives and the lives of the people that I have the privilege of speaking with, but to infuse this conversation with something that I hope can help whoever listens to this podcast in 2030 2023 whenever you know what i mean like this is one of those things where i i hope to pass on to people you know i hope to have somebody in my life where i'm just like yo you know what my baby cousin or something like that shouts out to you happy happy belated birthday and i really want this to be just a memory and of our time right here right now so this is kind of a little time capsule and i've been um, blessed enough to have somebody who is pretty popular, yo. And it was so beautiful that I got to know you before I got to know your accreditation. <laughs> you know status. what I mean? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, and you're kind of a big deal. Ah. And I appreciate you not letting your accolades or not letting your achievements um, come before you as a person. And it seems like you are able to use that as a, I don't even want to say stepping stone. You're able to use your achievements and use your clout. Love that word. New age, huh? I'm with it. I'm hip. I'm hip. We're here. Uh, you're able to use your clout to, um, on the back end, mm-hmm. right? That's something that, you know, if you figure it out, if you figure, you figure it out. But if not, like, I'm still going to be whoever I am. And yeah. That's a beautiful journey. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to clap it up for the one of the only, Becky Deev. <sighs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Ladies, everybody. ladies, settle gentlemen, down, yeah, down. Sit, sit down, please. Please. Through your yeah, audience, relax. <laughs> She's Hi. like, no, 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 you guys can stand up. No, 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 please, please give please me more. Please, more. No, 
Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for taking thank the time. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. This is beautiful. Yeah. This it's is been cool. interesting getting to know you. You keep kind of just showing me these new things, you know, about yourself in such uh, yeah. small doses, too. Sure, I, do. you just, I just, I'm like, hey, oh, hey, my name's Oba. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then you just kind of give me a little bit of tidbit. You're like, I dance Kizomba. And I'm like, oh, nice. And then all of a sudden you're like, have you tried psychedelics? And I was like, whoa, no. And then we go and eat. And then I don't see you for right a couple now. of you're months. <laughs> Sorry, you're and then and then it's like, like I, I just it's just very interesting because now it's it, again I haven't seen you for so long and then again I you're just introducing me to these little things about you even today I noticed how tall you are I was like oh that's <laughs> very interesting this is this is one of the biggest issues in long term relationships that really? I found is that when I have somebody when I have a if I'm the suitor, was that a suti? Suti, yeah. If I have somebody that I'm pursuing in that in that realm, my speed at which I open up mm-hmm. is never fast enough. Oh, it's there's always been a problem with my pace, hmm. and I, you know, people want to like ask all these different questions and get to know you. I'm like, yo, we'll just let's just live life, and mm-hmm. you'll figure these things out. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just. Take a walk, and then when we when we pass a mural, that mural is going to trigger a memory, and that memory is going to you know give me the inclination to tell you about oh this one time I blah 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 mm-hmm. third. and there's so many people who who that is not enough irks. for no, no I mean not enough but again it's just the pace they want it they just want it much much faster and that has been really frustrating when it comes to long term relationships simply because I don't I like I like the I like knowing one part of you, really getting to know that part of you, integrating that part of you, mm-hmm. and then moving on to the next part versus, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, those like box of chocolates. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. I don't want all these different aspects of you at the same time. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to enjoy the, the buttercup part of you. Then I want to enjoy the vanilla filled part of you. Then I want to enjoy the strawberry part of you, but not, I don't want to be able to like pick because then I'm going to be like, oh, let me take a little bit of that, a little bit of that. that, that, that to me, that doesn't feel effective when it comes to getting to know the person yeah so being able to open up a little slower isn't something that i do consciously Mm -hmm. but it's definitely something that i've been told that i do and that i enjoy Mm -hmm. because it's like oh yeah by the way like this is also an aspect of me Mm. and um you know standing on my tippy toes is something that i do whenever i walk next to little people and (laughs) just to let you know (laughs) me standing i really (laughs) but that yeah that's that's been just a that's been a source of of negativity. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say like anger or frustration or anything like that. Just a source of like. In relationships. Yeah. Which is funny that you're saying this because I have never, uh, funnily enough, I have never liked a box, boxes of chocolates ever because they're too overwhelming for me. It's like you have one and then one is a completely different flavor and you're just like, so physically and quite literally, it is a very strange I, it's a strange thing to me, it box is. of chocolates. Thank but you. you know what I would love is, for example, I'm obsessed with mascarpones right now. If you don't know, they're called De La Rosa's in give, Mexico. Give them, little, give them a little ASMR real quick. It's, okay, so I'm opening the wrapper. And it is quite literally so delicious. If you have a sweet tooth like me anyway, this is the best thing ever. It's peanut butter packed powder with sugar, basically. It's amazing. So if someone were to give me like six of those, I would enjoy the heck out of them because I enjoyed this one specific thing that I'm enjoying. And then I move on to my next obsession usually, which will probably be like a bag of chips or something. And then I'll eat those for like the next few months. So I get very comfortable in what I like and I really explore it. Right. Um, Now, figuratively, I'm the same way as you. I like feeling the parts of that person because 
especially in relationships, because um, to me, you can't just be one thing. This one thing is going to dictate so and determine so many things about who you are. So yes, you can be a caring person and you've gone through something very rough in the past, right? Very specifically. So with your parents. Now I get to know every aspect of your character by actually knowing that part and studying that part and listening to that part and experiencing that part because I'm not going to just know it by you telling me. I'm not going to just know it by two situations that I see with you and your parents. I'm going to see it in the way that you cook. I'm going to see it in the way that you watch TV with me. I'm going to see it in the way that you communicate with me. So I try to study those aspects very, very, um, very focused on them. Very intentionally. Yeah. And very intentional with them because they matter to me. And I like learning slowly about people. So it's funny that you're saying that it is usually an issue with you in relationships because it it is usually an issue in my relationships, but I never let it really become that because the people that I start to notice that are moving too fast for me in that regard, I usually don't continue because it's too fast for me and I know what I want and I know what I would like. And if I can't be that for them and they can't be that for me, there's no point in forcing it. So I'm very um, aware of how I would want to represent myself and how I would want to take from my partners, whether they're friends or romantic interests or sexual interests. I'm not sure how we feel about talking about sexual No, interest. we're here okay, for it. Cool, cool. No, what do you think? This, this isn't, this isn't uh, Lamb Chops play along. You're like, relax. Oh, she's, oh <laughs> gosh. Yeah. So I don't we know how. about sex and all that stuff. But I'm like, oh, so it's like, take it easy. The drugs? We've what? Got, we've, got, we've got limits here. <laughs> There's a movie called Love, Sex, and Other Drugs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, Netflix it? show? Yeah. Um, no, it's a movie. Anne Hathaway. Wait, Love, Sex, and what? And Other? And Other Drugs. Love, Sex, and Other Drugs. Isn't that it? Or Love and Other Drugs? Oh, I don't know. Is that what Adam, Adam Sandler? No, it's with Anne Hathaway. I think I'm butchering the, the movie title, actually. I think it's Love and Other Drugs. Sorry. I think you just made that up. I did not. I think, <laughs> it's I think a good that movie. this movie actually doesn't exist. You're it's just a so big good. fan of Anne You're Hathaway and you want to see it. <laughs> yeah. um, the best movie you've seen in the last two months. Ooh. For different reasons, though. I just saw two that I really liked. But I also disliked them. It's funny because I, I they're the best movies I've seen. But they're also the worst movies I've okay. seen. They're, okay, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm listening. Weird, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to go with that. <laughs> Black Panther, the second one. Oh, that was terrible. Ah, you see? I hated it. You see? I hated it. Now, second would be the Avatar. Oh, Avatar. The, the, well, yeah, hear, hear me out, though. <laughs> I wanted to like that movie so much. And I was like, I walked away. I'm like, all right. Okay, but I'm curious. Before yeah. I give, give you my two cents, okay. why, why did you hate these movies? Or not hate, no, no, strong no, I word. Couldn't, I couldn't stand Avatar. Can't stand those movies. I mean, not Avatar, Black Panther specifically. Ooh. Black Panther really upset me because it it put, it pitted black people against. and Latino people mm-hmm. against each other. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I did not like it. I yeah. couldn't stand that. Not only that, but to be Black Panther mm-hmm. and to have the black people get their asses whooped the whole <laughs> movie... And for home, and for Namor to not even smash when we knew that they were trying, they were real. Like yo, I took you deep. You were deep, deep. You were yo, you were already. Yo, what are you talking about right now? And then like that boat scene where like it was just probably a pocket of. T- it reminded me of Black America. It was like yo, they were on top of the boat, and they was like, oh, who who had the genius idea of taking the boat? 
to the water yeah. to have a war with water people. That's yeah. first of all. Yeah. Number two, there was a point where right before Namor and Black Shorty came came back on their ship, mm-hmm. they were basically surrounded by nothing but like the aquatic people, the blue people. Oh, by the way, um, spoilers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it by now, like Kick Rocks. <laughs> real, real. If you're waiting for the DVD, like you know, no, that's, that's on you. Um, but it was just it was such a terrible representation of a one number two. Black men specifically were not a part of that movie at all mm-hmm. in such a minuscule mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. that it it just it just left a bad taste in my mouth on that part. Mm-hmm. And then to just see how, how I mean, it could have been like Neon Panther. I would have no problem with this movie. Mm-hmm. But for it to be Black Panther yeah. and for us to just have such a it, it was it was it was sad. These it was sad. It was sad. Um, Avatar. Avatar felt like a money grab. Mm-hmm. It really, really did. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the first one, even though it was a ripoff of the Pocahontas like story. We all know about these like heroic mm-hmm. stories and things like that. There's no nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. But that 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 white kid in the dreads, yo. Oh my! I was going to ask how you felt about the dreads. Uh, <laughs> oh, and him just wanting to, it's it's it 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 just reminds me of the kid that like. He's like, yeah, I listen to hip hop, but he listens to like Cypress Hill. <laughs> for real, like it Most was just so frustrating for him to, to to act like these people. And then he saved Homeboy at the end and didn't tell them. Yeah. Oh no, like, I think he did tell him. He didn't tell him. You sure? I'm paused because I was waiting for him to say. But I don't think I think he told them behind the scenes. I don't think they mentioned that he he told them. But I think that's why he wanted to leave. No, isn't that why the leader wanted to continue? I don't to think they have the any run? idea that he's still alive. No. Crazy. I think they have no idea. I have too much trust in people because I was like, yeah, he'll tell them. Like, he's no still behind he the scenes. I'm like, yeah, maybe in the director's cut, we'll see that maybe scene. Maybe it's like a director's cut where you're just like, yeah, he actually told them. Back, that's why he wanted to leave. But I'm like, oh, that's. I figured nah. that's why he wanted to leave because they were still hunting him and stuff. Yeah, they were. He was definitely afraid of like the mother. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And once he when she hopped back on the ship and after her son had died and all that. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, I just I really don't point. believe that he. I don't believe that he told them. And for the mere fact that he saved them in the first place, I was like, yo, can you imagine? Life for a life, I guess. Oh, that irked me to no end. And it doesn't, I'm not even going to see the third one if there's a third one. Because I like that they made, you know, like they, they gave us the new, you know, the, the teal people. Yeah. I dug that. I dug that. I dug the different blue. The different blue, right? The <laughs> I, off I was blue. like, oh, different blue people. That's what I said out loud, literally. And is it just me or were they, I mean, were they, did they have like Latino vibes as well? They, they had more native vibes to me. Native vibes? Okay. But yeah. native as in like Aztec, Mayan, Inca culture? Yes. That's what I was getting. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that, yes. that phenotype. Mm. I definitely. Well, also Hawaiian Oh yeah, yeah, yes. huge, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. The tattoos yeah. and all that was absolutely Pacific Islander. Yeah, yeah, yeah very. What is it called? That. It starts with an M. Their culture. Mo, mo, mo uh, Moana. You know what I'm talking. It's Moana's the movie. <laughs> They're all Moanas. No, <laughs> but Hawaiian yes, we people. know what we're talking about. Yeah, 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 them, them, them. Who are they? I think that 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 definitely gave that. And I think there's a similarity between those people as well. You know what I mean? Like the the indigenous American people as well as the Pacific Island people. I think that there is. There's Absolutely, culture. Some, there's, there's a lot some, of culture. Some, some similarities for sure with water and earth, yeah, which is very yeah, important. Yeah. So now I'll tell you why I love these movies, Please. but I'll also tell you why I dislike them so much. Because there's a heavy side of me that loved them. There's a heavy side that didn't like them. Black Panther I loved because right before I saw the second one, I rewatched the first one, and the first one's beautiful to me. It makes me cry every time because it's just so 
It's wonderful to see in representation this community of people that have been brought down for so long be this powerful. Because the truth of the matter is, and I didn't really even understand it fully until I started traveling, but the truth of it is is that they are more powerful. Like, if you go to any foreign country, these people are more powerful in the way that they speak, in the way that they communicate in their communities, in 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 how they build up their family and then you you I grew up in America. So I guess comparing how I've seen things here for example in Mexico in comparison to America they have nothing. They don't have love in their hearts. They don't have this spark that these cultures do. It's like almost like a spark for wanting to live life and love and and being chaos and and hate and share this beautiful energy that exists that doesn't have to be honed down by any means you know and when you say they could you be more specific or could you tell me what you're talking about are you saying like black america or are you saying american culture american culture, american culture period mm-hmm. okay, okay because black america well, so black culture for example um i only know so little my best friend for example she her and her sister are uh black but they also grew up in america right um one of my last dance partners also black but he also grew up in american culture so it's been very difficult for me to kind of really truly understand that in specific i only have my friends to tell me what they've experienced there and what they experience at home if they ever go and travel back right so after having actually traveled and met more black people that are not from the united states that are from all types of parts of the world you start to really listen and hear their stories and and feel their hearts and you're like wow you are nothing like what anybody is in america Mm. like they just try to downplay emotions and they try to downplay culture and love and and what spirituality should mean in a lot of people's lives and it doesn't right so that's why i love the first black panther now the second one i loved because it included Mexicans. That's basically one of the reasons I, I loved really it so much. I was really excited about that part. Me I was too. really, really excited. But that, again, it was the representation. Like, they represented us as water and as this community that was so strong and so powerful with each other that they could defeat someone that was as strong as the that black... Community. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so but there's a thing so what you're right what i didn't like about it was that they pitted them against each other i definitely the first thing i thought leaving the the theater was that's so awkward because they showed two beautiful powerful communities against each other what kind of what kind of bs is that no, no, for real. Like it doesn't. I really, when I saw the when I first saw the trailers or i saw first saw the, like the posters i was really excited because i was like oh man maybe they're going against you know the the institution or the powers or together something, or something. Like that, but yeah you would never see that because no. you would ne- I, and i forgot it was a disney movie so i was like uh, and because these young minds are so <sighs> they're sponges my dad used to tell me they're sponges your your mind is a sponge when you're young. what are they doing to these kids they're telling them hey these powerful communities are minorities everywhere else by the way hate each other what sir i do not need right. to be depicted that way right. that right. is so messed up why would you put us against each other when we both know, everybody knows, that the real problem is not them? Right. Oof. Well said. <laughs> no, that's, that's and, and again, this is affecting people outside of the culture more. And this is affecting people that are older less than it is affecting the younger people. I know. And that's the thing that I didn't even think about as well. You're like, you're, you're, you're shaping the minds of people who don't know what American culture is like because this is supposed to be like a, you know, uh, a cartoon or cart- a cartoonized version mm-hmm. of 
Latinos and black Americans mm-hmm. in America specifically. Mm-hmm. And for this depiction of them as if they're against each other and they're negative. It's, it's just so negative really and rough. hate and hateful and aggressive. And you're like, how is this even a thing? So I'm curious to see what they're going to do in the next movie because I, I obviously, you know, Namor was like, they'll eventually need us. And I'm like, oh, perfect. <laughs> Maybe we'll get that, that uh, feeling that we salvation needed. We that need, salvation yeah, we needed from this, it this was in rough. the beginning. That's true. Maybe they beat us down to lift us back up in the next one. But, uh, you know how they usually it. do? <laughs> right, 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 right. And a, then, so, Avatar. Avatar. You're right. One of my first thoughts going into the movie was, oh, they definitely did this to make money off. They, they did this for a profit, for sure, because everyone loves Avatar. It, it's such a cool character. You want to be, I want to be an Avatar. I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to be a big blue person <laughs> living in the jungle or on an fire. island. It was fire. So, but what it reminds like me that. of, yeah, what it reminds me of is like how powerful we actually are. Like we are technically Avatars. We yeah. are our own avatars. Yes. We have this vessel that we live in that we choose what to do with, right? And I think it's interesting that we don't necessarily utilize to all of our strengths because we forget that all of our strengths come within community, spirituality, and our elements. People forget that, yes, you live in a nice little house and a nice little apartment and a nice little condo. Who cares? And you're used to your... Everything's very structured, very clean, very pretty, very built, but you forget that you are on Earth's ground mm-hmm. and you are surrounded by water that literally gives you life. You have to go through the seasons with this Earth. You have to go through the, the motions of what the weather is that day, that year. You have to deal with people that are also being affected, if not as much as you are, by all of these things. And we forget to incorporate those things in our daily lives. Everybody's just worried about having like a perfect uh, little life that really is kind of just like is weird. It's it's very TV eyesed and or even a uh, social media. Like that's our that's the avatar we think is oh, our yeah. is our avatar, oh, and yeah. we and we don't regard this actual body as the avatar that we're walking through this world with. Mm-hmm. Right? We're we're trying to create that avatar versus using the ones that. And I really believe that we created these avatars before we even incarnated. I, I that's my kind of theory about about creation. I think nice. that we we created all of this before we incarnated because we're here to live, to expand the universe. We're here to create more experiences. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far into that, but we should one day though, because I'm actually very yeah, interested in yeah, hearing yeah, this. Yeah, I'm happy to tell you about that. But really, it's it's and it's not of our choice. We think that you know these social media creations in our in our online personas are our choices but Car- George Carlin says it best we can only choose between two or three political leaders but we can choose 16 different flavors of bagels oh, yeah. and it's the illusion of choice yeah. unfortunately we have oh, been Carlin. well yeah for sure rest in peace yeah. uh, we have been convinced that this human experience isn't to be regarded almost as an online like online is almost a game and this human experience should be a game mm-hmm. But there's so many things that we are preoccupied with, whether it's sex, whether it's money, achievements, um, acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think that is really what's defeating us and that you see such a beautiful rendition of that in Avatar. And that's one thing I did like about it mm-hmm. is that you see a, a society, a group of people who have their own culture, who are extremely suited to their culture. They're on the trees, they're on the land, the animals, they share the energy. Responsibly. Right, right. Like they they have this connection with with Mother Earth, yet the the daughter still felt ostracized. 
right? When they went to another culture who was equally as bonded with her, they still felt out of place. They still felt ostracized, even with them. Mm -hmm. They couldn't adapt as quickly as they could in their own environment. And so that always brings me back to like... Oh, can I? Because they were built for a different environment. So that's what social media is. It's like we're growing up and they're just putting it in our faces before we even have the knowledge to make that choice. Or to know it or to understand ourselves. We don't understand ourselves. I am the last generation of people. I think about this all the time, especially as I get older. I'm the last generation of people who remember life before the internet. Oh, me too. Yeah. We're you know the, we're the, yeah. Like, yeah, we are that generation for sure. Yes. And it's so strange to hear that like people grew up without having that choice. Mm-hmm. We, used to, we used to go to like com. We went to Google. We went to Yahoo. We went to all these different <laughs> search engines. I used to chat with random 40-year-olds. Yeah. Chat- like, Let's be friends. I'm only seven. And my hey dad yourself. was behind me. He's like, don't say anything <laughs> weird. And I'm like, I just met them online. Who is this person? Right, right. It was so. It was such a... It was really open, and I don't want to. I don't want to be that like those old people who are just like back in our day. That's how it was when we were young. When we were enjoying the real internet, it was like no, that that's gone. That's- those people only say the people that usually only say that, and I've noticed this because I have met older people that would never say that to me, and the people that would never say that to me are usually the people that are accepting of the new culture. They're just trying to understand it just in the same way they tried to understand their own, because they know that everything is evolving. And they know that it's okay to go with the flow of things. But again, be aware. Be self-aware of where you're going to be or what is consuming you. It's funny that you're saying this because a lot of this comes from consumerism and the culture that comes from, you know, capitalism. Like you said earlier, you know, there's, it's an evil, but it can be a necessary evil, right? Um, in my own perception, I don't necessarily think it's necessary, but I also am not very versed on what it could be or right, what the it alternatives should be. To it. Right, right, I right. think about it more like I remember when I was younger, I used to think, why do we even have money? Like, why does money even exist? Like, why does everything have to be transactional? It has, makes no sense to me. Why am I literally giving someone money to live? Can I have food to eat so that I can, I don't know, be alive? How, why did, when I was younger, I used to tell that to people all the time. I'm like, I don't understand the existence of money. And they'd be like, oh, because you'd be broke if you didn't have it. And I'm like, oh, I understand that part, genius. Yeah, it's because, why does that even, the system, right, right. why does it even exist? Even worse, why, why was it, why are we living out something that people hundreds or maybe even thousands of years ago put, put in place? Yeah. And now we're dealing with it. Exactly. The repercussions of it. The repercussions of it, but why? also the, the system that they put in place. Like, why are they dictating our lives in a, in a society that they have no clue exists? They couldn't have imagined the way that we're living now, all the technologies, all the ways that we've been able to interact around the globe. But yet we're still living according to their rules, according to what they set in place. And mm-hmm. that, that, to me, feels tragic. Because it's a game set in place by them at this exactly point. Right. It's a game that I feel like a lot of us aren't even trying to play. We just want to kind of live life and be naked and eat fruits, you know? And then there's this system where it's like, no, no, but we can definitely um, brainwash a bunch of kids to want to spend money because we're in the system that money is power and power is everything. And especially when you live in a country that you can enjoy the fruits of those of those monies, and then you leave that country, and you see how everyone else is really chasing that. Kanye said this line, and I mean, it's one of my probably favorite verses. It's probably top ten verses. Having money isn't everything. 
not having it is. Oh, 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 we feel that. Right? We feel that. And really, like, once you learn or once you're more curious about the world or, like, the, 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 the fabric of our world and what's going on underneath, mm-hmm. you know, like, we see this, this, this beautiful creation, whether it's a shirt or something like that, but when you look on the underneath and you see all the imperfections, that's what so many of us are curious about. We're really curious about, like, the create, like, what is going on underneath all this? Mm-hmm. And that cre- and that doesn't help you achieve success in this world. It feels like, Mm-mm. and that's what's so frustrating. You because have to look at really, the outside of it. Oh you have God, to look yes. at what it is. You have to look at the outside. You have to look at exactly what's presented to you and deal with those. Live by those rules and try to figure out this game. And it's so frustrating because people. I know I can only speak for myself. I've come to terms with that later on in life, and just like yeah. This is kind of what it is, but I've been fighting against it for so long. Mm-hmm. I've been like, no, I don't necessarily want to be like butt ass naked eating fruit. I'd love to be able to like eat fruit with like the finest of silks <laughs> on my body. You know that's what I mean? What I mean Laid right? in the finest of hammocks outside yes, somewhere exactly. with no bugs. <laughs> that's where I want. That's where I want to no be bugs. with no bugs. Like, oh, you know what? Give me bugs. Just no, just no mosquitoes, yo. Just yeah. give me bugs. No mosquitoes. I'm vegan, but I will kill everyone <laughs> on sight. Oh my gosh, it's like a slabbing yes, game. Yes, we are walking contradictions for sure. <laughs> but I really think that that's, that is it. It it can kill you sometimes. It can really suck the energy out of you. Really understanding that you have to play this game that you didn't choose to play, that you weren't told the rules, and somebody else has a leg up on you, especially if they have parents. One, especially if they have parents. <laughs> Two, if they have parents that were just as invested in this game. And oh yeah, it's yo, it's and because there are so many sides to that coin, it's um, it's interesting because they even pit those people against each other. So let's say you're leveling up on this game, you're gonna have definitely what like a good four or five different companies or 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 sets of people that still want to go against what you're doing and. You have to kind of just keep going. And, and what's funny about all of this, about the capitalistic culture, and about this game that we're playing, is that it distracts us from what we want to be. It distracts us from what we can be. So you were saying this earlier, and I know that you love talking about love, and we're, I actually kind of want to get back to that. Basically, when it comes to love, and when it comes to how we love, we're, we have such different definitions, whether it's in this game that you call life, right? Because people will view that differently, definitely, if they're in this game. And then there's the people that don't even want to play the game that see it completely differently as well. I really want to just choose love. Mm-hmm. That truly, genuinely want to see how we can manifest as much love as humanly possible. And not use it as a tool, not use it as a weapon, but just love. Yeah. And they can't. And love isn't meant to be powerful or possessive. Love isn't meant to be any of those things. Love is meant to just exist. It's a feeling that you have of progression, of of honesty, of 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 everything that it can be and just accepting it. That's what it is. Acceptance for me. Acceptance for me is a huge, huge thing. So for example, in Avatar, one of the reasons I disliked it, yeah, was the it's definitely just made for profit. But I disliked it because it lacked a little bit of love, which I felt way more in the first movie. In the first movie, I felt like there was so much genuine love, not only for the people, 
not only in not even the sex, even even in the tribe, there was love within the environment for their trees. There was acceptance for who they were, what they were doing, for death even. Mm-hmm. There was love that just existed for anything that they thought, even if it was a negative thing in their lives, it wasn't a negative thing in their lives, right? It was something that was that helped them. It helped them progress. There, it lacked it so much, I believe, in this second film because in the second film... Yes, there was a lot of connection spiritually to the elements, but they were missing this thing that they they worked so hard for in the first movie, and it just did not make any sense to me. It, not at all. I was just like, you have people, that, humans, that are sacrificing for themselves for the avatars in the first movie, and in the second movie, you have like a mix of the both, and right. it's kind of confusing, right. and it's just more right. like of a trauma bond at right. this point. Right. Like everyone's just getting traumatized, that's just, that's and that's one of them is an outcast, and then like they're outcast. It just it felt it felt so surface level, and I hmm. I still want to believe that the connection that they had with the elements was love, and it is love. They just didn't really expand on it the way that I would have probably had hoped they had. And love for me is that is is if people actually truly loved each other, it wouldn't be a competition. People talk about how they're competitive all of the time. And it makes me kind of laugh because they take it to such extremes. Some people really take it to the extreme of like putting down other people, utilizing other people. Um, they talk about this all of the time. You can't have like a billionaire without a thousand people that are just treated so poorly because it does it doesn't exist and the truth is that it doesn't exist but i guess then you have to choose what is more important and it reminds me so much of the pablo escobar situation how if you go to colombia and you ask a colombian a random colombian do you like pablo escobar or not you'll have one that it's like he was the best thing that's ever happened to this earth he was so kind and generous he knew exactly what to do when to do it but then you'll ask another one that was super affected by his uh reign and they'll say screw that guy that guy sucks he killed so many people he caused so many wars he caused so many problems that weren't necessary but you won't ever really find an in-between you'll only find one of the two which is so weird and I, I kind of tested it out only on the people that I knew there, obviously, as I was there for only a short time. But it was still so interesting for me to not even get an in-between. No one that was logical enough to be like, eh, well, no, you got yeah, this without right, the other. Right. You have this without... And that, that's how picture, da-da-da-da, exactly. democracy. Exactly. You just triggered something in my mind that reminded me of how I've had conversations with Nigerians. Mm. And I talked to them about... I always ask, what was life like pre-colonization? Because it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. My grandmother doesn't know English. Mm. My grandmother didn't grow up on, on, on food that Nigerians are eating now. Wow. <clears throat> so I would ask. I can't speak with my grandmother, unfortunately. My mother didn't teach me Yoruba. But I would ask through my cousins and saying, like, what was your experience with the English? Mm-hmm. My grandmother was kind of indifferent because she was like, well, I mean, you know, like education was really important to them. So, you know, I really appreciated that. Some of our Nigerians were able to go and study abroad and come back and help the country and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And some people were like, well, you know what? They really took so many resources. Like Nigeria is probably one of the top 10 oil producing countries of the Mm -hmm. world. Yet none of that oil is going, none of that oil money is going back into the country itself. Mm -hmm. It's not going into the infrastructure or anything like that. And then you have other people who are saying, Colonization was the best thing that ever happened in Nigeria. 
because before colonizations, before colonization, there was, you know, juju, which is like black magic. Mm -hmm. And people were sacrificing children and people were selling kids into slavery and blah, 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 there. And I was just like, you think colonization fixed that? No. You think you think England's English came in and they were just like, oh, okay, no more of that mm-hmm. barbarian. And it's just like, yo, how does our perception of history, how is our perception of history um, um, affected mm-hmm. by our personal experiences? Mm-hmm. Right? It's so difficult for us to have an objective view on anything mm-hmm. when it comes to, when it comes to that. It bothers me so much when I heard someone say that colonization helped Nigeria. Because I was like, first of all, Nigeria itself is a creation of other people. There was no Nigeria. There were just a bunch of, like, nation states Mm -hmm. that all traded, fought, argued, you know, like, collaborated. There was, you know, people that lived in prospective houses. Yeah. So it's just like living in an 18-floor apartment building, and then all of a sudden we all become one apartment. Like, how do you even, you know what I mean? Like, how do you even... How do you navigate that? Yeah. And to say that that was really effective for for the people, it it bothers me. And I can understand how somebody says, you know, you know, you know, forget Pablo Escobar and da 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 that third because of media, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think that's in getting back to our love conversation. So much of what we want or believe or think isn't what we want, believe or think. Even in love, even in <laughs> Especially love, in love. Oh I was talking God. to someone yesterday about marriage. Mm-hmm. And like what what I think he asked her what do what makes you marriage material? Yeah. What makes you think you can get what you want? What makes you want to get what you want? Yeah. And all she did was like pull up a Pinterest video. She was like, "Yo, I, Pinterest picture." She's like, "Yo, I want this. I want this." And it's so frustrating in these days and age because that's true. I like that. Sorry. Right? Yeah. It's frustrating to me because it's like we understand that if you're in a job and you want a specific position, you know what you need to do to get that position. You know, to work above and beyond, maybe work long hours, maybe like don't get the pay you deserve for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. until you get that. Why doesn't that work for relationships? Mm-hmm. Especially if that's something we want. Mm-hmm. If we want long-term relationship, or if we want specifically marriage, why don't we know how to get that? Why do we just like sit around, sit around and wait for that? Or just want it and not work towards it. Yeah, people are so quick to challenge everyone else, right, on their definition of what love should be so in that respect it's i love how honest she was because it's true all you have to do really is want it and that's it like you don't have to prove that you're this you know because everyone's different and you all want different things if you want this life it's going to give it to you if you want love you're going to find it and what i love about wanting to know about certain things is that you don't know what you don't know and then when you start to find out what you don't know it just opens a pandora's box to so many other things in your life that you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> love for me is a very complicated topic because being, okay, for example, in media, they teach you, you want to get married, you want to have kids, you want to find the partner, the love of your life that will never cheat on you and that will be so faithful to you that he will only ever lick your toes. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's very, it's put on so strongly, especially, especially when I was growing up, like in all those movies. I was such a romance freak. I'm like, I want to find my prince. I want someone that's going to treat me like the most beautiful queen in the entire world, and that's it, you know? And I came to find out that that was a very heavy non-truth. It was very much unreal, very unrealistic. And I think I first noticed that when my mom, she implied that my dad cheated on her. 
And I was like, dad cheated on you? What? Love doesn't exist. Mm. Like, that doesn't even make sense. I see the way you guys are with each other. I see you guys laugh. I see you guys play. I see you guys fight. But he went and did that to you? He was unfaithful to you? How? How can he look at another woman? And then I started to, it started to open up this box of like, well, what is the real version of love? Does, does it mean that love has to be faithful like this? Why? Does it have to be disciplined? Why? Why does it have to be structured in the way that everyone else is telling us to do so? And then it opened up even more um, pathways to understanding friendships for me. For example, for me, a relationship it's there's really no difference between a relationship romantic and a friendship other than literally sex like to me i don't believe that relationships should be defined as like well you have to treat your partner differently than your friends i'm like that's so uncomfortable for me that means i'm shitty to my friends yeah if i can like save some of myself for and say I can't treat you. I have to only treat this one person like that. That makes you a shitty friend. One of my favorite things uh, growing up, uh, not growing up, well, yeah, growing up in one of my relationships was that he would treat me exactly like he treated everyone else. But he treated everyone else amazingly. Like he would wake up in the morning and he'd always get me my liter of water because I always have to have my, my liter of water and like my dates because I always eat a little fruit in the morning. He'd have that ready for me. Right outside, he started cooking breakfast for him and his roommate. And then he'd call his mom and ask her how she is that day, even though he lived farther. And then he'd call his sister and get her some flowers because she won something. Like, he did this all in a span of, like, three hours. And I'm just there, like, I love this. I'm not special. But I know I'm special in his life. And so he treats me the same way he treats the people he loves, that he cares about. The fact that you, you've heard this whole thing, like, if they're rude to the wait staff, Right. Yeah. They're trash. 100%, 100%. Like, dumb them. That's exactly how I view these relationships. And viewing love in these ways has completely, it's literally just, it turns me off from seeing romantic movies nowadays. Hmm. Because as cute as they were, as cute as they are, I pick them apart to the bone now. Good. They're ridiculous. What do you mean that this toxic relationship is the only one? What do you mean she stopped talking to him because he had a little falling out like with or sorry not falling out but like he fell in love a little bit with another woman or he had a physical connection with another woman or she wanted to be with this other guy for like the night it does that doesn't at all determine what love is especially in a romantic way nor in a friendship honestly because you friends you wouldn't really care first of all if someone's jealous over their friends that that's a whole other issue but that's a whole other level of toxicity but with your own friends for example you wouldn't get jealous if they were friends with other people you wouldn't get jealous <laughs> if they went go-karting with right, them right. but they went go-karting they with they you without, yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. would just be like all right cool have fun love you i'm so glad you're having fun because this is a friendship this is not i don't own you and, it, and it, it's really, it has, like, love has opened up so many things for me, even in dance, for example, and in sex, and in my passions and what I want to work in. Because I love, that's actually one of the reasons I am vegan, <laughs> surprisingly enough. It's because I, I want to be as compassionate as possible toward everything in my life, not just people, and that opened that up for me. And of the sex for example i was very ashamed of it when i was younger very ashamed of it because growing up in a mexican household and my mom got knocked up at what 14 they teach you no you better not have sex ever don't ever look at another man until you're married and i didn't even you know self-pleasure wasn't a thing that i even thought about until i was like 20 22 maybe and 
it love being able to love myself was something that was a huge too because they they tell you that you can only really show love for other people they don't show you how to love yourself you can't love other people how many you truly can't love other people um, because love comes from within and if you don't have it for yourself you can't have it for anyone else what movie do you see that shows a person self-love like self-loving themselves to the point of beauty to the point of like immense satisfaction Everything that you see is usually even on social media nowadays. It's com- it's it's garbage. It's commercial uh, commercialized. It's dangerous as well because it's really social media is well. We we know we know that, but when when it comes to our version of love or what we expect from love, it, it's it feels effortless. Mm-hmm. It feels just sit there and wait. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're not going to be a part of the love. You just have to wait for it to pop up. Yes. Or it just oh has to be something to where if you don't get it, you don't deserve it. And you're mm. a bad person mm. and you didn't have to work for it. So there's no reason for you to 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 to, to you know, to to improve upon it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's going to come delivered by Amazon fully, fully functional, fully perfect the way you absolutely need it. And you need you need to do nothing but just sit there. And if it doesn't come for you, then you didn't deserve it in the first place. Exactly. And that's so it really poisonous. doesn't. It doesn't tell you how to like. They don't tell you or people don't tell you or they don't exit showcase how you're supposed to be in that space before you can actually do that for other people. That's actually why I love in dance as well. Dance, love has opened up pathways in dance because not only am I showing love to myself and music and my environment, those little moments where I get to smile at people and show them any type of affection or show them that I love connecting with them, even if it's for a split second, even if I don't know them, which I don't know like 90% of the people I dance with. That little bit of love that I get to give them makes a whole difference mm. in my community. It makes Truly. all of the difference in how I connect with people and how they connect with me. 100%. And knowing how to connect with people on a small level, on a small scale, to a bigger scale, so important. Mm-hmm. You got to start small first. You're not going to know how to manage it on the big scale if you don't start small. It's like it's like donating. You can't expect to start donating when you when you start making a million dollars if you haven't donated when you were making twenty thousand yeah. dollars. There's no way you're gonna be able to do it on that big of a scale. Yeah. And uh, I love that you talked about dance too because there's certain there's certain like experiences that I've had in dance where it's just like it just it oh man you know women are <laughs> one one I have a hot take and I guess I'm just gonna say it we don't have to come back to it but I think that romance yes was only for the rich. For the, I think for the rich, I think romance was always for. I the would ultra, love to come back to the, that. <laughs> the ultra high class. But when we talk about dance, there's certain ways that women can give love that just means the world. Mm-hmm. Coming from a stranger, like I've never been so. It's touch. Mm-hmm. It's a glance. It's a smile. It's a mistake that you can both laugh at. There's so much intimacy there. That doesn't have to leave. This is honestly dance. This past year has been so beautiful when it comes to that because this is a, this is the first year I've actually taken dance. I just just hit my year um, learning dance mm-hmm. and being able to being able to to receive that kind of love. First of all, being able to approach a woman that is pensive mm-hmm. about dancing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't been asked in a couple of songs. Maybe they really want to, you know, dance and they mm-hmm. and they can't they can't, you know, get up the courage to go ask somebody. Mm-hmm. But when you ask them and they just light up, oh man, that feels so good. <laughs> it does. It it feels good, but then you're just like, oh shit, I only have like five moves. How the fuck am I gonna make this four minute song pleasurable <laughs> for her? I really have to get out of my mind about that because that's something that I was really, really self conscious with. 
during my first, I mean, I think I started like social dancing after like month two or three of learning. And really? I've gotten people of like, yo, I didn't wait until I waited until a year before I started going, or at least six months before I started going social <laughs> dance. But I was like, yo, I really because that is. Were like you taking good classes before? No, this uh, before this past year, I took one class of salsa dance when I in two thousand and fifteen, maybe when I, I visited Paris. Ooh. I took a salsa class there, and I loved it. And I was like, yo, I need to come back to this. So you would just go to socials and not dance? No, I wouldn't go to socials at all. I didn't know Same. socials existed. But I'm saying, like, once I started learning salsa here, yeah, I would start going to socials way before I had what I thought and was not an arsenal. Asking people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, asking people at socials was terrifying. Mm. Terrifying. I would go because I wanted to show up, mm. and eventually I was like, well, eventually I'm either gonna like buck up the courage or I'm going to fall into a dance one some way somehow, but. You, I just had to show up first. I think okay. that was the, that was the, that was, the, yeah, that was a step. And then from showing up, you eventually start recognizing people, and then people started like, oh, okay, yeah, I know you. Yeah, let's let's try something. I'm like, <laughs> let's let's yeah, yeah, no, that'd be cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so you Bright start getting a little bit for real, for real. So um, just getting more comfortable with that, but just the the love, the consider the love that is exchanged. And partner dancing is something that, I mean, when a woman, oh, yo, women, y'all, y'all are, yo, I have, I have so much appreciation for, for the, not only, not only the female, I don't even know what to call it, like the female energy, I guess that's it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because your fingertips, when, when somebody's turning you and then you put your hand on the shoulder or the back of the neck or like just the chest, it's, oh, oh, let me tell you. And it, it's almost, it almost doesn't matter if that person's attractive or not because that feminine energy is so beautiful. And I love it because you're letting me do this, right? There's no dance. Everyone calls, everyone says the lead has the power, but there is no dance without the follower allowing the lead. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing about BDSM, like the sub lets the top right and so it's it's so there beautiful. are roles that you're choosing and for a reason right right Following and, leading. and that leader is almost like in the subservient role because that leader wouldn't be able to lead unless the follower the leader opens the door the follower always has to go through the door yeah if the follower doesn't go through the door the move doesn't happen yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and it's really just so many questions and responses questions and responses and i love that but yeah. it's all non-verbally oh yeah I feel like love, I mean love, sorry, dance. I'm so stuck on love right now. I feel like dance represents and it shows us how how we are. So, for example, I don't know if you've heard the expression. In Spanish, it's a little vulgar, but it's like, bailan como cogen. So you dance like you have sex. <laughs> There's nothing, I have nothing against saying have you know, sex or, or being open about that kind of stuff, but... I just don't want anyone that's, for example, that perceives sex or perceives sexual encounters as something negative um, to assume that I'm also, I guess, correlating the two to something negative. Uh, Because I don't, I I understand that it's just different. You know, for someone as open as I am, sex is so beautiful and it's so wonderful and it's so different than sensuality and intimacy, which are all huge factors in dance. And in dance, for example, how you are, I think, reflects so much of your character. For example, you said you didn't even go, you showed up to socials, but you wouldn't even ask anyone for a year, right? You know what I did? 
the first night I went out, I was asking, they were running from me. I was asking everybody. I'm like, I don't know how to dance. You're about to teach y'all, me. Y'all, she, she's capping right now. Yeah. If, no, you, if you see her, if you see her, just listen to her. And you can kind of see what she looks like. No one is running from this woman. Y'all. I'll tell you that right now. I promise you they are. Yeah, yeah. They were. They were. Because I didn't know how to dance. But they didn't stop me because I really wanted to learn. My character is very much that. It's, I don't care if I mess up. I don't care if people are rejecting me left and right. If I want something... And I don't care if I look like an idiot. And I know I do. And it's okay. Because people's perception of me, I think for a long time now, have literally never mattered to me. I heard something today and I loved it. Don't worry about what they're thinking of you because they're not thinking of you. (laughs) How great is that? Wow. Isn't that good? Yeah, I like that. And I was like, oh my God, that's how I feel when I dance. Because it doesn't matter what they're thinking because it has nothing to do with me. Their reflection of what they're thinking of me totally on them so now dancing reflects how you are right and i've danced with you and you danced you dance very nicely you dance kindly you dance with respect you dance with movement minimalism something a little bit more complicated you you have all of these areas of you that you incorporate into your dance and you i guess as i'm talking to you i can see that you appreciate even the physical touch which I think is so important because I feel like a lot of masculine energy nowadays focuses on physical touch in an only sexual mm. way. But there are so many different ways to take it. And that's when I was mentioning right, right. sensual and intimacy, right? Sensuality is a huge thing for me. And I believe that sensuality is like, um, it's like eating, right? So... When you eat, you're enjoying your food, you're tasting it, you're consuming something that is going to give you life and you know the effects of it after but you're enjoying the present and i feel like that's what sensuality is it doesn't have to be sex it's intimacy it's it's a feeling that you get by just brushing your fingertips across the the nape of someone's back or or sorry the nape of someone's neck or you know, when they, like, touch you very lightly on your chest or even for me for, as a follow, or sometimes I lead as well, I pay so much attention to how they rest on me and how people let me rest on them, how hard they're pushing me and pulling me. I pay attention to what they're trying to tell me because that's how they're communicating with me. And they're communicating this, without sounding cliche, it's like they're communicating their love to me. Because that's the way they love. That's how they communicate. That's how they talk. That's how they dance. That's how they move. That's how they flow. That's how they listen to the music. That's how they interpret the music. And it's, and it's just projected onto you as a follow. And you're just like, this is amazing. So if someone's comfortable enough with touching the nape of your neck or putting their hand on your chest, it means they, in a way they trust you. Yeah. And those little moments, even though you don't know them, like you said, even if they could be strangers or you're just not attracted to them, whatever, they're special because they are special moments that we have learned to not pay attention to. We have learned to be so individualistic in our mindsets and so black and white with sex and sensuality that we're like, this means sex, this means no sex, good or bad. You know, like, I feel like so many people have that mindset, especially if they're successful, actually. Now that you're talking about this whole romance is a rich person. Well, dancing is a poor man's sport. Definitely. Dancing is not for the Definitely. rich. Dancing is, and it's like what I said earlier, it's, it's like this culture that has all of these beautifully undefined things chaotically finding each other. 
and we just allow it to flow. We allow it to feel. We allow it to, to, to touch us. And, and usually the rich man sports are those that are very segregated from that. They don't hold a lot of emotional charge nor logic, really. It's just, you know, habit. Getting it done. Or getting it done or succeeding or winning. or And it's quite... There's nothing about the journey. It's, it's quite weird, you know, because we're human. Like, we're meant to continue experiencing all of these things. And I don't want to not experience them. I want to continue being like an avatar. Yeah. I want in my vessel to be the strongest I can be in the element that I'm in, learn about it, you know. And it doesn't necessarily have to cost me money because, again, I try not to be a part. I mean, I'm still a consumer. But, like, I try not to be as big of a part of that as most people are, which there are people that just completely fall into it. But... You said it with Kanye's line, hap, uh, money isn't everything. Although when money, you, when, when you, you don't, don't have, have money, it, that's, that's, that's when it's everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so now for me, I've never, thankfully, uh, after a certain age, I was able to create for myself the living that I needed to financially. And so I never really needed anybody after that. But it's very difficult. For example, I'm from Miami. It's very difficult coming from Miami and having that mindset. The way that I, it's so interesting to me because the way that I, I don't think, I never dated anyone that didn't have money until two years ago. Mm. It was such a, it was a strange change because it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't realize the freedom that one had in romance, in love, because they had that. You know, oh, because but, they had financial, yeah, financial, had financial security, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and it's been an interesting ride for me because I've never cared for anyone for their money. I have been asked out on dates. I've been <laughs> sought out to be a sugar baby like five times this year alone. Imagine when I was like twenty, that happened like every day. Um, I've also been. Uh, thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm popping your collar. Yes, <laughs> I've talk also that been, shit, young lady. <laughs> you know, like as a as a woman in Miami, and if you're decent looking, trust me when I say that it does it comes so easily. But I've never been caught up in that, and I have always liked that about myself. Not because I think money is an evil, because I do think money is an evil, but because it's never done anything for me. Like, I can be as honest as possible. There are certain things that are evil that I can say that or well, in one's mind, evil, and that I can say, like, I genuinely enjoyed that, you know? Like, for example, sex, right? right? That was a huge thing for me at one point. Money, for me, was always an evil that I just never indulged in because it didn't, it literally didn't matter to me. I couldn't see myself as a human, as a person, actually growing from just being... Uh, striving for money yeah right, right, right. it didn't make sense to me it di it didn't make my love grow for this other person half the time i was breaking up with everyone because what they had nothing like they they had little to no personality they had all of this freedom so it was really fun in the first few months and then i'm like why am i bored i'm like oh this person isn't challenging me this person isn't challenging themselves they came from something that was given to them i don't care about it you know so now being here in Mexico and went, got, having gone to Europe and coming back and just being all over the United States, I'm actually starting to know and learn more about people. And obviously I've been involved with, uh, romantically with so many of these people that don't have, that do have, that can barely afford, that can afford too much. And 
in my best experiences, it's always been about the people that I never really had to think about it with, you know? They didn't have to be stable or not. I didn't really care. It was just something that as long as I enjoyed this person, which you find people of such quality in different countries because they're just... They're the characteristics, their personality, it's so different. The culture is so different. It actually challenges you to be someone else. To adjust. Yeah. Like, have you yeah. thought about that? For You've sure. thought about this Dating too. here versus dating, you know, in the States. Yes. Has absolutely. it not been super challenging? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Because like, it's super challenging because you have to really internalize some of your either biases or some of the things that you've taken for granted or things that you never even thought about. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many things that you, you I wouldn't say take for granted because you're ignorant of it. You know, but there's so many things that come to light when you start dating somebody out of the year, out of your culture, out of your home base or just interacting with people that you're just like, oh, wow, like this is so very different. And this is unlocking a part of your personality. And I think that's what people get when it comes to travel, like more so than anything else. When you're exposed to other people from other cultures, you're really, really able to reflect on how you've taken whatever aspect that they respect or hold in high regard. You're just like, wow, I never even thought about that. I never even thought that that would be important to to do or to say or to see you know i'm always looking for to be the you know coming as a man from a man's perspective so much of what i've been taught about relationship it has to do with support how can you support much of it is financial yeah and so not having that support for her are you going to be yeah, you're going to be challenging for her, all right? But is that something she's looking for? Is she looking for that kind of challenge? And so that's why it's so difficult to think about a life without financial security from that point of view because you, it almost feels subconscious or biological or whatever it is, but it feels like there are women who have a high level of attractiveness or options, Mm -hmm. high level of options Mm -hmm. that are looking for someone that is secure, someone that they can have fun with without having to think about that aspect Mm -hmm. or those stresses of life. And being in relationships here, I've wondered. I would like to clarify something. Talk to me. There's a difference between being secure and having an abundance of Right. Okay. So, like, I think security is fair. I think that when it's too much, like, I think people strive for too much. Sometimes I think men or masculine energies think I have to have so much to support. And it's like, no, I kind of don't. Like, buy me a nice meal every now and then. Maybe help support me in other things. But it doesn't have to be this grand thing. You don't have to buy me a mansion in Tulum. You can literally help me out with smaller things and it and it's fine there's a lot that's smaller than a mansion in saloon there's a lot can you be a little bit more specific like what what does it for becky she said not a mansion but a condo in Tulum. for becky a condo on playa look a beachfront property i'm also not not like a, a, a big luxury person i think what attracts me the most is if you get to know me, I'm very much about the elements. I'm very much about being nature, like natural, very organic, very, I don't even wear makeup half the time. You know, like I'm just a very normal person that likes being in her natural habitat, in her own vessel and in her own home. So for me, like if someone, and eating is a huge thing for me, if someone pays for my meals, for example, and they drive me around because I hate driving 
and they, for example, I have a partner, and all of a sudden he gets us a nice place. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a big place. It could literally be a studio. But as long as there's like a brick wall or something, some plants hanging down, the floors are clean, everything's easy. I don't have to do the dishes. I don't like doing the dishes. And maybe like a small little balcony where I can take some sun every morning. If I have those little things that make me happy throughout the day, it doesn't need to cost you an arm and a leg. Literally, it could just be, oh, this is only, for example, here that would cost you like 11,000 pesos. It wouldn't cost you that much. That's like $500 a month sure, kind sure. of thing. That kind of support for me would be more than enough. And that's fine. I like that. But I think a lot of people get confused, especially masculine energies, that they think that women want like, oh, really? And maybe they do. Sometimes they do. Sometimes these women do like luxury things. Take your women wisely. Um, but they also think that all women need to like have like this ginormous home and like this eight dogs and seven kids and it's like no that's not everybody find someone that's meant for you that's what I meant by like that it, I don't have to think about it with the people I've been with recently because they've been able to support me literally I don't even ask for much they pay for my food sometimes and then they drive me around literally that's all I've asked for I think one of my favorite things this guy told me recently that I was seeing he said uh, I said, I'm hungry. I'm going to order food. And I went to reach for my phone, and he grabbed my phone, took it out of my hand, grabbed his phone, gave it to me, and said, here, order it from my phone. And I said, oh, thank you. And it's only like a $5 meal, you know, because it's Mexico. But he's like, I like buying food for you because it makes me happy. And then I realized I never asked him for anything other than – I never asked him for anything. I didn't ask him for rides. I didn't ask him for anything. He provided rides and food. And in that, I was happy. It also has to do with that expectation as well, I think. I'm not speaking for him, and I have no idea what made him happy about it. But it feels great knowing that um, you can do for somebody, and they don't have the expectation of it, and they enjoy it for what it is. Like, oh, this is a nice, you know, kind of like a surprise. This is a nice break from the ordinary. This is something that doesn't, um, that doesn't happen every day. But and it's a support it's, that doesn't come from finances. It's support that comes from knowing the person. Mm-hmm. I think what made him happy about it is that he knew how much I love food. He knows how I love picking and like very specific things from certain places. I get obsessed. I've been going to this chocolate place since I met you last yeah, year. Really, I think that's the only place you eat in my mind. Like I, that's the only place I've ever seen <laughs> you eat. Not, but, that really is. Like, but she's I really only love that place. This one you, specific, so many vegetarian and vegan spots in in this city, <laughs> but she's really. I've only ever seen her eat at this one place, and it's been it's been an amazing to see it. It really is. I'm but, like oh. It's about knowing me. So he yeah. knew, yeah. like, you love ordering from this place. Right, Here right. you go, you know? And, like, he just knew that. I hate driving. I dislike driving with a passion. That's the only reason I haven't rented any cars here. Because I don't like it. I The driving portion, I have to focus. I think I have ADHD, so I start going crazy sometimes. And then I get very flustered when people get upset with me. So I'm like, I'm going to mess something up or if someone mm-hmm. messes up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't like driving. So then imagine me going crazy trying to like get ready to go see this person and they're like hey when are you going to be ready by give me five minutes cool the uber will be outside of your place in five minutes you know how nice it is to have that not stress you out because you're like oh now i don't have to even think about my phone cool now i get to finish everything that i need to do look at my phone when it's ready let's go you know that was nice it's because he knew me it had nothing to do with financial support it had to do with knowing me that's why i say that i mentioned the house of the um, little apartment I would like or something like that. It has nothing to do with the financial portion of it. It has everything to do with Becky likes watching plants in the morning. She likes birds coming into her house because 
You left the windows open. She likes tanning every morning because she loves to greet the sun. She loves the sun greeting her. She loves the sun kissing her skin. It feels really good, and I feel at peace throughout the whole day when those things happen. So it is support, but it's not in the way that people think. You just have to feed that portion of them that they like, and I promise you they're happy. But it doesn't, I promise you not, I don't know a lot of women that are like, I need diamond rings, and maybe I'm just in the wrong community, but I don't know too many people like that. No, maybe you found your community. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to get into the romance for high class people. Oh, please. Um, I'm so curious. But we're going to have to save that for another time. Oh, Oh my gosh. Okay, Uh, yeah. This has been a great, great introduction with you on this audio adventure. I think that we could talk about, we could have one of those Joe Rogan podcasts. We're here for three hours for sure. (laughs) Especially if I crack any more of these Corona Agra Rifadas. This podcast has been brought to you by (laughs) Limon Toronja. Yes, you better believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, These are the Corona White Claws and... Mexican white claws. Yeah, Mexican white claws. And I was sleeping. I was sleeping on them. And, and now I'm with it. <laughs> no, I definitely am. I'm definitely with it. And, uh, oh, yeah. Well, let, let the people know where they could find you if you want to plug your, your socials. Yeah, you guys can find me on Becky Deev uh, on Instagram and literally any other social. Becky Deev is um, B E C K Y D E E V E. It's a name I made up. And yes, I know it sounds very <laughs> Instagrammable. Oh, it flows, it it flows, flows right? Yeah. Cool. I've had it for years, guys. So this is when Gmail first came out, actually. That's when I first came up with my name. <laughs> Talk about a brand that sustained the test of time. <laughs> before the internet. Remember? Before, yeah, before it got cool, right? <laughs> like um, Gmail just started existing. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Well, if anything, I think that um, peering into the mind of Becky Deve isn't something that you always get to see, especially once you check out her socials. You see that she seems to be very extroverted. She seems to be very social. She seems to be very, um, excuse me, you seem to be very uh, <laughs> kind of like, I wouldn't say transparent, but mm-hmm. you are very open with what you're open about. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about this conversation is because these aren't parts of your personality or parts of, of the conversations that I've had with you so far that I've been able to, I guess, share with other people mm. or that I've been able to, you know, talk in depth about. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having um, me. This I has hope been you awesome. Yeah, you enjoyed this? Did I you love do this it. Again? Yes. Right, You're cool, so great cool. to speak to. Even before we were having lunch, yeah, it was right? awesome. We, yeah, we had, we had, a, we we had a good hour and a half before we did this. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> flew, so. um, And she hasn't touched her mazapan. That's how I know I did a good job. <laughs> That's how I know. That's how that right there. It's touching the nape of my neck right there. I see this unopened mazapan that she was drooling over before we got this started. And it is still there to be enjoyed. So, um, Yeah, this podcast is also brought to you guys by Delarosa. <laughs> mazapan, definitely try it. For real, for real. Um, I definitely want to do a part two. This was yeah. delightful. Please tell all your friends if they if you enjoyed yourself and you want them to enjoy themselves as well. I would really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to plug you, and um, this just should go out like probably top of the year. And um, I don't know. Yeah, we're changing directions a little bit when it comes to the podcast because I definitely want to incorporate more of this conversation style. Mm-hmm. If you hear any of my history, I've, it's been a lot of me talking to myself. Really? And although I enjoy that and I think I can do that, I definitely feel the flow between sharing energy. Somebody told me something about extroverts and introverts that I didn't know p- prior to. Mm-hmm. She said extroverts feel drained. Excuse me, introverts 
feel drained when they're around other people mm-hmm. and they need time to themselves to re-energize mm-hmm. and extroverts while they don't need to be around a whole lot of people whenever they are around people they feel energized mm-hmm. and i think that that is definitely something that's a characteristic of mine is that i don't think i'm an extrovert but i do feel that i get energized whenever i can share this flow with yeah. somebody or people um and so in that vein uh we look forward to doing this again sooner than later and I don't know. Are there any last words? Hmm. This is nice, and we should keep talking about love, but I love how our conversations have... Uh, Bounced around. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's actually kind of just opened up more pathways, right? So it's love, then there's the world, then there's environment, then there's how we are, then it's how we feel. Shitty Marvel movies? Shitty Marvel movies. Well, that, that I we love. liked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Weird. But it's it's going to be good, and I think that part two is good. And I, I agree with you. I, I do think that we need like to actually have more of a... We need to be responsible for ourselves, right? Like mm. We need to know when we need to energize and when we need to know when we're actually being energized from people, right? But also not let it deter us from like future conversations and future alone time. Like, it's, it's good to find that balance for ourselves. And 100%. I think the same thing. I didn't feel at all drained from this. I felt really good, actually. And I, I would like for you to feel the same way. So if this is actually something that you like, then we can keep it going. As long as it's natural, right? As no long doubt. as it feels good. If it's enforced, I mean, effort, like I say, effort is always important, but it doesn't, doesn't need to feel forced. It doesn't need to feel like something. It doesn't need to feel like work. Exactly. And this conversation, definitely. I had to, like, consciously look at the time to make sure that I'm not taking too much of yours and making sure that I'm still able to make any other appointments that I have. So, Of course. Um, this is absolutely going to happen sooner than later, and we're going to continue doing this away from the microphones. I just think that, you know, with our voices, <laughs> these microphones definitely. definitely need to be in front of us. So, um Thank you for joining us again. You can find this and any of my other podcasts at my, on my website. I am not putting them on any of the major DSPs just yet because I want you to organically find me. And one thing that I've been proud of is anyone that's ever listened to my podcast know me. They didn't just find it haphazardly. They didn't just like fall over it. They intentionally went to my website and listened. Mm-hmm. And um, hope to continue that trend. I hope that you really enjoy this episode and that you take a peek or you take a listen to all of my other ones. And the feedback is always welcome. My Instagram is EFFABL.co. That's effable. And that is also the website. So EFFABL. Um, talk soon, y'all. <laughs>